Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You are now listening to the Paging Dr. Shonda podcast, where we talk all things related to mental health, life lessons, and the culture. My goal is to help each and every listener pursue and center wellness. I'm your host, Dr. Shonda, licensed clinical psychologist. Now let's get into it. Everybody, welcome to the podcast. Listen, I'm excited about the very first episode, the first official episode of my podcast. If you're watching from the YouTube channel, hey y'all, I'm excited to have you here um, recording live from my studio, aka my closet. Closet where? Like, this is a whole podcast recording studio. I got my clothes on one side and then my studio on the other, and it's just gonna be like that until. In Jesus' name, God's going to open some doors, and I will have my own podcast recording studio. I receive it, and I believe it. Um, Okay, so we're going to hop right into things. If you haven't had a chance yet, I want you to backtrack and go ahead to my welcome episode on Apple, Spotify, all those, everywhere you get podcasts, um, because I kind of explained to you the breakdown of the podcast, what it entails, and the different segments, what they mean, and why we do them. Um, but we're going to hop right into things. First things first, I'm going to give a shout out to you, you, and you. Thank you so much for watching. I appreciate the love. It never goes unrecognized. Always want to give a special shout out to my audio engineer, Sean Walter. Thank you so much for everything that you do. Thank you to my video editor. Thank you so much to everybody involved in this whole podcast situation. Um, yeah, so let's get started. Y'all ready? Because I'm ready to get into some topics. Y'all know we first going to talk about the hot off the press segment. This is where we talk about all things mental health, things that are uh, related to mental health in the news. So current events. Now, we call this hot off the press, but this specific story isn't necessarily hot hot off the press because it's been out for um, a good month now. I just haven't had a chance to cover it because I've been so busy throughout the past month. Uh, So we're going to call this segment warm off the press. Is that all right? That's all right with y'all. This is the warm off the press segment. But overall, I want to talk to you all a little bit about the Sixers, the 76ers in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. If y'all don't know, Philly has a very special place in my heart. If you've been following my journey um, in my collegiate studies, you know, I lived in Philly for a good year. So I love Philadelphia and everything it has to offer. But the Sixers, we we got to talk. We got to bring them to the table and have a good discussion. So it says 76ers finding is continuing to find Ben Simmons for skipping six game road trips per report of uh, this is CNN. 
And also, it also talks about in the article how overall he's looking at potentially some fines that'll be in the millions simply because of how many games he has missed. Um, Additionally, the article reads he has told the team that he does not feel mentally ready to come back and has been seeking help from mental health professionals in conjunction with the players union. The Sixers, however, wanted him to consult with the team appointed mental health specialist. I love that they have that um, and contend contended he has not been forthcoming with details of his treatment. And as a result, um, he has been missing games and uh, missing practices, missing team rituals and things of that nature. And he's been becoming he's been getting fined. He's been getting charged because um, essentially not showing up to work. And I don't know how y'all feel about this, but this doesn't sit right with me. When I first read this story earlier in November, I wanted to get like the full story of everything that was going on because I I don't like speaking on things just to be the first one to talk about it or whatever. But I, I want to get the whole story and the, the full picture of everything. Um, So my sister, my twin sister, Chanel, if you guys follow her on Instagram, you know that she works heavily in the sports industry. And she was telling me, you know, this is a player who's very... Um, toxic. He uh, essentially doesn't want to be on the team anymore. Um, And so just a problematic player. Even after hearing about his history with the Sixers and hearing about his history as a basketball player, this story still doesn't sit with me. It doesn't sit right with me. I don't think that the Sixers has the authority and I don't know why they have the audacity to find somebody after they reported having mental health concerns, after they reported that their mental health is so debilitating to the point where they can't do X, Y, and Z, they can't do certain things. And granted, while I was having this conversation with my twin sister, she was basically saying like, oh, you know what, Shonda, you just don't understand. Like this guy is is just problematic. And y'all, I promise you, I promise you, I get it. But if you can kind of imagine this situation from a different perspective, let's say you're working at an organization, you're working for an organization and you have a coworker who's just very nasty, mean, doesn't come to work on time, shows up late um, and just an overall negative person, however you define that. Let's also say that they're reporting symptoms of mental health. And they're saying essentially that they need help. Would we deny that person mental health days? Would we deny that person? Would we continue to find that person for not coming to work? I think that we have to get out of this mindset about, and this is my perspective. I think sometimes when people are um, in certain positions in life, such as basketball players and athletes, I don't think that they get passes with things like this. Granted, and that lets that leads to my next point. I wonder how this would have played out had Ben Simmons been a woman, a woman of of color, or even a white woman, right? Reporting these mental health concerns and not going to practices, not showing up, not doing all these things. Because with the same mouths that we we praise the the Naomi Osaka's, we praise the Simone Biles, uh, all these amazing black women, and rightfully so for standing up for their mental health and kind of pulling out of games. And and I believe Naomi was fined as well. Um, and I get it. But 
they're dragging this brother, but and also he's reporting mental health, and that's why I don't think that it's okay. One of the things that, and you'll learn this the more you listen to my podcast and uh, really start to learn more about mental health, one of the symptoms of it is this sense of apathy, this sense of losing interest in things that you once were very interested in. I don't think that he's being a jerk with just not showing up to practices or just not showing up to 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 these events and um you know, games and all that stuff. I don't think that he's being a jerk. I think that he's exhibiting symptoms of clinical depression. If somebody is saying I'm experiencing mental health concerns and they're not going to practice, a clinician who can put two and two together might say that's a symptom of depression. That is a symptom of, you know, X, Y, and Z, whatever he's experiencing at that time. But the fact that the Sixers is they're they're penalizing this person after he reported experiencing mental health concerns, I don't think that that's cool. That's not cool at all. And like I said, I think the fact that he is a man of color, I think that makes it a lot more difficult and less palatable for people to really accept the fact that he has mental health things going on that is impacting his ability to show up. That is impacting his ability to to go to practices and such. And even as I thought more about this story, my heart became even more heavy because I'm like, wow, like, you know, Ben Simmons, he has the resources. He, you know, he's being fined a couple million. But at the same time, like, I mean, he got it. But think about all the other men of color who might not be able to show up for their families, who might not be able to go to work, who might not be able to be emotionally available to their spouse and children, all these different things. And they're labeled as being problematic. And they're labeled as being toxic. And they're labeled as, or or being fined at work. And because they don't have the resources or they- If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. They don't have the platform of a Ben Simmons. It is what it is. That person is just toxic. They don't, they don't have those resources to be able to help them. Or even if they are fine, it hits them a lot harder because they don't have the millions in the bank like a Ben Simmons. I really feel like we have to get to a place in our um, mental wellness space. Uh, You know, a a familiar statement that everybody's been saying for the past few years is safe spaces. Everybody wants to create a safe space. And I I get it. I also feel like that term can be overused sometimes. But if we want to be so concerned with creating safe spaces, why aren't we creating those safe spaces for black men or men of color who are also experiencing mental health concerns? Instead, we're allowing them to be fined. And I saw a few people kind of um, having his back in the article I was reading. Um, I believe his agent was, I, I think, a couple of teammates were as well. But like I said, when I hear about um, Ben Simmons, whether it's on Instagram or watching the news, you know, this this brother doesn't get a lot of support. 
this brother doesn't get a lot of just giving the benefit of the doubt. And I think once we get to a place in our journey of making this mental health um, space and mental health, speaking about mental health more acceptable in society, then I think we'll be able to get to a place where we can stand up for brothers um, like the Ben Simmons of the world. The Ben Simmons who don't have the Ben Simmons platform, if that makes sense. Now, granted, I don't follow sports like that, so I don't know a lot of his history. I know what I've read on um, in news articles and kind of talking uh, throughout through this article with a few of my close friends. Um, you know, I stand by my opinion, but I could be wrong and I'm humble enough to admit that. So if you guys have a different perspective or if I'm I'm missing something, please reach out and let me know. But how I'm feeling right now, I, I don't think that it's OK that even because here's the thing both and can exist he can be a totally completely annoying person and also still be struggling with mental health like the two are not mutually exclusive and we just have to get to a place where we accept that acknowledge it and provide an offer the help that people need in order to kind of get through um those dark situations that they're looking for that they're the help that they're looking for in those dark situations so that's my take. That is the hot off the press. I mean, the, the warm off the press segment for the day. And if y'all have additional feedback, please do me a favor. Hit me in my DM or you can page Dr. Shonda. You can give me a um, shoot me a text at 202-341-0909. All right, y'all. So we're going to go ahead and move into the topic today. We've been talking a little bit about symptomology, especially as it relates to Ben Simmons. Um, but you know, I want us all to keep in mind that outside of Ben Simmons, like we all have symptoms. We all have what we call warning signs of our bodies that we should all be paying attention to. Oftentimes mental health concerns come from us overriding those warning signs. It comes from us not paying attention to what our body is saying to us. And that's actually what we're talking about today. So do me a favor, get your pens and notepads out. We're going to dig deeper into this topic and really talk about the warning signs, letting your body talk to you. Y'all remember that song. I can't, I know I'm not the only old school music lover. Um, it was a song out there called Body Talk. You got to let your body talk. I forgot who sang it, but it's like an old funk album. Um, really dope album, but you got to let your body talk. Your body is talking to you. Are you listening? We're going to figure out ways that we can be more attuned with what our body is saying to us. And like I said, when we override what our body is saying to us, we're more susceptible to illness. We're more susceptible to uh, mental wellness concerns and not being and not living up to our fullest potential. All right, so let's get it. So what is a warning sign? The definition of a warning sign is a type of sign which indicates a potential hazard obstacle or condition requiring special attention. I love that latter part, a condition requiring special attention. That means that if your body is warning you about something or your body is saying something to you about, you know, something is off, something ain't functioning right as it relates to our mental health, then we don't just stand there and do nothing, y'all. Like we do something about it. It's saying that it needs attention. 
Therefore, we have to do what we need to do in order to kind of mitigate what's happening in our bodies. Okay? So I'm going to need y'all to do this. I want you to check in with your body daily, every single day. I'm going to say it again for the people in the back. I need you, you listening, to check in with your body daily. There should not be a day that goes by where your body's warning you about something through these symptoms we're going to go through and you just override it. And you just overlook it and say, you know what, it'll it'll pass. I'm going to get through it. We have a tendency to do that in the black community. We have a tendency, like when we feel, especially physical symptoms, especially when we feel physically ill, we have a tendency to just be like, nah, I'm going to just power through. I'm going to keep working. We got to get out of that mindset. Because where did that mindset come from? Think about it. When our ancestors experienced physical ailment or even mental anguish, they weren't necessarily allowed to stop working or to stop producing. They had to continue to produce in pain. But we don't have that we don't have that obligation today. We have a choice to be able to stop and check in with ourselves. Continuing to work in the midst of pain and feeling these warning signs is maladaptive. That's problematic. And if we everybody talking about breaking generational curses on, you know, Instagram, TikTok and all that good stuff, that is a generational curse that we need to be focusing on on how to break. Amen. Y'all know I'm churchy. Go ahead and type amen in the YouTube channel. Type amen in the review. Listen, I'm just getting started. And I hope y'all got y'all pens and papers out. All right. So we are to check in with our bodies daily. We got to let our bodies talk. Your body is always communicating with you. If I can give you a brief, a very brief example of how my body has been talking to me lately. If you've been listening to the episode before or the welcome episode on the audio podcast, you know, I've been having a crazy busy couple of months, like literally team no sleep. And I'm I'm an advocate for naps. Like I like to nap. I like to get my good sleep. I need my full eight hours if I'm going to, you know, be productive the next day. But the past month has been driving me up the wall, y'all. Like there were literally nights where I stayed in this closet working, where I did not go to sleep. I probably took like a 15 minute nap, then woke up writing reports, writing deadlines, and then got hopped on a call, um, started meeting with clients, did a speaking engagement that same day. And then later that night, I caught a train to Delaware. Like, and I'm that's legit with like my schedule. That's just an example of how like insane it's been over the past couple of months. But last week, I remember this past week, just, you know, working and working and working, whatever, not really giving myself too many breaks. And I wasn't, you know, that was my norm. I, I just felt like, you know, it's a busy season in my life. I got to get a lot done. I didn't really stop to thinking about what I was doing to myself until I felt my heart racing. And I started feeling like uh, those heart palpitations. And I'm like, whoa, what's what's going on right now? And I know I'm a healthy person. I, um, I get checked out by my doctor. I go to physicals. I do all that stuff. So there aren't any physical ailments. So as the clinician in me was telling me to basically slow down and to acknowledge what was happening in my body. I'm not dying because that's usually what happens when we experience like increased heart rate. Our mind goes into, oh my gosh, I'm having a heart attack. Oh my gosh, I'm dying. And then this is a whole nother episode, y'all. And then that tends to exacerbate the heart rate. 
And then that's where people start to experience like panic attacks and getting dizzy and anxiety attacks and all those different things um, that can come out of that. But instead, I allow my body to talk to me. Okay, my heart is racing. What's going on? And I began to listen to my body. Okay, what else am I feeling? If my heart rate is happening too, I can imagine there's some other things that could be happening in my body. So what else did I feel? It was tension in my neck, tension in other places in my body. My mind was racing. Like I, I began to really check in with myself. And because I checked in with myself, I was able to come up with a plan on reducing that stress level, which included uh, getting better nights of rest because I, I was not doing it. Dr. Shonda was not getting good nights of rest, y'all. I will admit that. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, But the bag did feel a little light. Y'all can let me have it in the comments section. I know I'll be preaching to y'all about rest and stuff, but, you know, I am human as well. And I can acknowledge that. I could have been doing better in that department, but I did allow my body to talk to me and to put me back on track. When was the last time you allowed your body to speak to you about some of the things that you could be doing better? When was the last time you allowed your, your, um, the way you're, the way you're sleeping or uh, like me, the heart racing to tell you about what you're doing to your body? That is what I mean about body talk and bodily communication to yourself. So real quick, we're just going to go over some different warning signs or red flags that you can start to look out for. One is, just like the example I gave, those physiological or physical symptoms of stress. Anytime you feel like your heart racing, you want to make sure it's not something medical that's happening, you know, rule that out with a medical doctor. But if it is anxiety-related, Okay, what am I stressed out about? What's going on? Do I have too much on my plate? Do I have too much in my schedule? Did I get a good night's rest? Like all those things you should be kind of following up with after realizing that. Some more physiological symptoms that people might experience is um, just that, that hyperventilation piece, that <sighs> feeling like I can't breathe, right? Feeling like I'm having a heart attack. Again, that's your body's way of letting you know that you're becoming stressed. That's associated with the body's sympathetic nervous system. And the sympathetic nervous system is activated when our body is in that fight or flight mode. So when we check in with our bodies, ask yourself, okay, what is causing this? So we got the physical symptoms. Also, disruptions and routine can be your body's way of talking to you. So I gave the example of my heart racing. Somebody else might say, you know what, Dr. Shonda, I realized that over the past few weeks, my sleep has been off. That's a warning sign. Your body talk is telling you that your your sleep has been off and that could be associated with something. Are you getting more sleep? Are you getting about 10 to 12 hours, which is considered like, quote unquote, too much? Or are you not getting enough? Sleep is often impacted when our mood is not where it should be. Sometimes anxiety can cause us to have a disruption in sleep. Sometimes depression can cause us to have a disruption in sleep. But sleep is just another category in that body talk that we've been discussing. How is sleep impacting you? What are you doing to impact your sleep? 
Just more questions to ask yourself. What is my body saying to me? Another thing that can that your body can talk to you on is eating habits. Have you been eating more or eating less? That's just another warning sign, right? So if I'm eating more or if I'm if I'm not having an appetite and I'm eating less, that can be your body's way indicating that something's going on emotionally. Again, going back to stress, going back to depression, like all those different mental health concerns can certainly impact one's ability to um, to eat and their appetite. Y'all ready for another example? I don't know if the saints will be able to take this one. All right. Another warning sign is your libido, your, your sex drive. Right. So oftentimes when people are depressed, they find that there's a disruption in libido. Mood and libido are highly correlated. So if my mood is lower, my libido could be lower. So that's just another way that your body could be communicating with you. Again, you got to let your body talk. What is your body saying to you? What is your body saying to you? You got to pay attention to these things. If we're not paying attention to the body talk, if we're not paying attention to the warning signs that our body is giving us, then we are, again, more susceptible to experiencing intense, very intense mental health problems. Whether that's more depression, more anxiety, more, you know, sleep deprivation, um, stress levels, like all those different things can be intensified if I choose to override the warning signs, if I choose to continue to pursue past the pain and to continue to produce and continue to work through the pain, our body can't heal itself that way. We weren't designed to do that. The reason why, and you know, I, I love the body's healing nature, um, the overall, the body has uh, healing properties, right? That's why when you get a scrape on your arm, if you get a cut on your wrist or whatever, sometimes you don't even need a Band-Aid for real. Like your body begins to just automatically heal itself. And the next day you notice like, oh, crap, like the, the incision is closed. It's no longer a gap there. How can we allow even our minds to begin to go throughout that healing process or our, our bodies to go through the healing process if we're not paying attention to those warning signs, if we don't even know when we're hurt, if we don't even know that we're going to, because think about it, the body's natural response when you're exhausted is to get more rest, right? So that's the body's healing property. Y'all, I'm going to tell you, like last, yesterday, I planned on taking a 15 minute nap. I literally did not wake up till eight hours later. That was my body's natural way of healing itself because it knew I was exhausted. But... If we're constantly in this place of overriding and I'm just I'm just going to push past the exhaustion, I'm, I'm just going to work through this, this exhaustion, I'm going to continue to just work. You're not giving your body enough um, the, the momentum. You're not giving your body the space and the time to, to heal itself and to give you what you need. That is why. Y'all got to keep coming to this podcast and finding out what are what are some more warning signs? How do I how do I um utilize this information and practically apply it. 
Um, that was just a shameless plug for the podcast. But no, you even if you don't listen to the podcast, I want y'all to continue to listen to your body. Listen to your body talk. Listen to those warning signs that you're experiencing. And give yourself what your body thinks is crazy, what your body is craving. So like I said, I gave you the example of exhaustion and sleep, right? So my body needed sleep at that time. So what did it do? It automatically got more sleep, even though I did not plan on that. If you are feeling, um, if, if there's disruptions in other areas of your life, right? If you feel like that stress level is increasing, you know, what is your body telling you that you need? Do you need a day to relax? Is your body telling you that you need to take things off of your plate? Is your body telling you that maybe you should cancel the rest of the meetings for the day and go to take a walk in the park or even take a walk in the park the next day? Like, what is your body telling you? How can you fall in line with some of these things that the body needs, essentially? Because, listen, how effective are we going to be at fulfilling your purpose whatever that is if you if god ordains you to be um a social worker or if god ordains you to 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 be a teacher or a preacher or whatever how can you fully show up in these areas if you continue to override what you're feeling and you're not giving yourself that time to recuperate and that time to refresh if you're not mentally whole or at least pursuing wholeness. Not even to say you have to be whole yet to do all those things, but at least pursuing wholeness, pursuing these different, pursuing help. Like how can we show up to our fullest potential if we're not there yet, if we're not pursuing these things? That is my challenge for you. How can you continue to pursue health and wholeness? I want you to think about that question. From now to next week, that's what I tell my clients. I, you know, you're going to work on this from now to the next time I see you. Even though y'all not my clients. I want you to work on that. But, all right, so y'all have what you need to do between now and the next session. If you need a therapist, go ahead and download the Minds of the Culture app and find you a therapist so you can talk more about warning signs and stuff. Um, but we're going to go ahead and transition to our closeout, which is Ask Dr. Shonda Listen, y'all, I need y'all to submit some questions because my Ask Dr. Shonda was a little bit dry. I did put a little poll in um, my story and I got some questions. They were mainly about dating and stuff. So and I don't want to talk about that on this episode. I'd rather for it to be related to emotions and mental health and such. So go ahead and submit your questions. You can do that via DM or you can text me 202-341-0909. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's a page, Dr. Shonda. It's been real, y'all. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Um, I've been enjoying having y'all. Like, y'all like my friend, friend, my friend friends for real. And yeah, make sure y'all come back. Subscribe to the YouTube. Make sure you download the podcast. You follow and subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening from. I really appreciate y'all. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Paging Dr. Shonda podcast. Until next time. All right, y'all. Have a good night. And don't forget, you have the power to create the emotions that you want to experience. All right. Good night, y'all.
If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bottom up, up, up. At participating McDonald's.